Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the case of Lizzie Borden. What? Oh my gosh. I'm kind of excited about this one. You told me that. <laughs> Earlier I'd asked you, hey, well, how was the case going? Stuff like that. And you were like, well, do you want me to tell you? And I was like, no, you can't tell me. <laughs> so now, oh my gosh. Ooh, so many thoughts and opinions on this. Well, we will be getting into it later. Okay, you know what else I have thoughts and opinions on? What's that? Okay, cue the dramatic death metal music behind me because I'm real irritated. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, at our job, one of our things that we're supposed to do is clean the bathroom. So, today, I went to go clean the women's restroom, okay? And as I'm pulling out the trash bag out of the women's restroom, I realize there is dookie all inside the trash bag. Which means somebody, and I hope you're listening. Oh, I hope you're listening because I want you to feel so much shame over this. <laughs> that means somebody with acrobatic skills of a gymnast took the lid off of the trash can. Then hopefully, God, I hope that you had toilet paper with you. Went up and jumped on top of the trash can. Straddling it like a Bronco. Right. And took a dookie in my trash can. Callers, don't don't make dukes in trash cans. Don't ever make dukes in trash cans. Be a bear and go outside in the woods for all <laughs> I care, but don't you ever duke in a trash can. Jesus. And what makes us worse, callers, is that this is a single-use bathroom. So that means this person had to go in and lock the door behind them, and then they made a life decision. And that life decision was, I don't want to use the, bath to- the toilet. I want to use this perfectly good innocent trash can right next to me, and now I'm going to take a dookie in it. And I, being the unsuspecting worker, went in and had to clean up somebody's dookie, and I am not feeling okay. I feel like I have PTSD right now. (laughs) And I have cleaned up some weird things in my life. Real weird things. But shit in a trash can is at the top of the list now. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, everybody's heard about it now. I called Erie. I told my mama. I called my grandma. I even called I even called the manager. I, I'm just imagining this lady sitting on the trash can making dukes, staring at the toilet, being like, I bet you wish it was me I was sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> I just, if I don't make fun of it, like, I'm it's going to bother me. If you don't make fun of it, you're going to be scarred for life. Right. And I feel emotionally scarred. I'm glad that, like, I didn't get any on me. I'm glad that nobody else going to the bathroom got any on them. It's just gross in general. But, like, who the fuck goes, I'm going to dookie in a trash can? You all better write me right now and tell me where you went dookie and if it was ever in a trash can oh i'm shaming you publicly about it (laughs) jesus christ you know who isn't going to get shamed publicly i'm sorry do you have anything to share no you 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 did enough okay well you know and they they, and that person clearly did did way way more than than enough enough. i am mentally scarred for that i'm going to have nightmares of 
fucking shit in a trash can. <laughs> but you know who isn't going to give me nightmares? Isn't the worst person on our, the face of the earth? Our, our callers. Our callers. So we have Lisa D. We have Tom O. And Julie K. Thank you guys so much for being callers. We would not know how to do this without you guys each and every week. Okay, so Ryan, before we get into this season finale, we yeah, this is episode 10 of Guilty or Innocent. We need to let you guys know, stick around, because at the very end, we are going to be telling you what season seven of Call Us When You're Dead is going to be, which is super exciting. Right, it's crazy to think we are going to be on season seven. Season seven. I cannot believe we've been around for seven seasons. Woo! We're just doing the damn thing nowadays. Right. Okay, Ryan, so why don't you get us started on this case? All right, again, a quick recap of how these episodes are going to go for one last time on this season on Guilty or Innocent. Keith and I are going to give you some background and the facts of the case like we usually do, but the actual story of the case will be shorter than normal compared to our trial time portion. During that trial time portion, I will take the role of the quote prosecution and emphasize why Lizzie is guilty, even if I truly agree or not. And Keith is going to take the role of the quote defense and shed some light on why Lizzie is innocent. Again? Even if I believe she is actually innocent or not. After all that, Ryan and myself will then play the role of the quote jury, and we'll give our thoughts and opinions on the case after hearing the details, whether we believe Lizzie is innocent or guilty. Then Ryan will tell us what actually happened and the outcome of her trial. With that being said, let's fire up that trusty time machine and head back to Fall River, Massachusetts on August 4th. 1892. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Calls when your dad cannot be held responsible for any lost limbs. So we're going to assume we all know the old, let's say, nursery rhyme about Lizzie Borden. Ooh, that's a rough one to call it a nursery (laughs) rhyme. And if you don't, here's a little refresher. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Still can give chills. I do, you know, I don't have chills from that. Mm-hmm. feel like there needs to be little children in white dresses dancing around in a circle, and then maybe I'm going to be a little unnerved. Jeez. Have you not seen Nightmare on Elm Street? Well, obviously. Yeah, that's the song that they would sing. Well, we're not talking Nightmare on Elm Street. We're talking Lizzie Borden. No, we're talking Nightmare on Fall River, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> So, while the numbers of wax may not be right, on today's episode we are going to talk about if we believe Lizzie Borden is the name that should actually be associated with that little rhyme. Mm, Should it? Hmm. On the morning of August 4th, 1892, the bodies of Lizzie's father and stepmother, Andrew and Abby Borden, were found brutally bludgeoned to death. That nursery rhyme says 40 and 41 wax. However, the real number was Andrew was struck... 11 times, and Abby was hit about 19 times. Either way, it was a bloody mess. Yeah, that that would be a fucking shit yeah, with show. with an axe? And that tells me, okay. Well, it was actually a hatchet. A hatchet, an axe. But that tells me there was a, either Abby got hit first because of the more strikes, or Abby was the one the person was taking their aggression out harder. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, you. That's kind of the vibe that I got. That it was more personal against yeah, Abby. Yeah, it feels more personal, especially because you're whacking eight more times. G- giving Abby some extra love, right? Making sure she for real, for real, dad. <laughs> According to the investigations by the police, there were only four people in the house at the time: Andrew, Abby, their daughter Lizzie, and their maid Bridget. Considering that Andrew and Abby were the victims. That only left Lizzie and Bridget as suspects. Okay, how fucked would it have been, though, had Andrew been the one to kill Abby, and then he was like, well, time to go. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, that would have been a real fucked up way to... And, <sighs> and then as he walked down the stairs, he stumbles, and it looks like he whacked himself 11 <laughs> times. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. jeez. <laughs> oh, Due to the conflicting testimony that Lizzie gave regarding her whereabouts... She would ultimately be arrested and charged for the double murder of her parents. With that being said, let's head to trial time. All right, so let's take a look at the evidence supporting Lizzie's guilt. Okay, give it to me. All right. So, number one, we'll start with, she had a motive. Okay. And that motive was to inherit a lot of money from her penny-pinching father. Andrew had no problem spending money and buying lavish gifts for Abby and Abby's family. However, when it came to his two unwed 30-something-year-old daughters, he barely lifted a finger or opened his wallet. Ooh, the fucking scandal there. How dare you be 30-something and unwed, you harlot? Well, yeah, in the 1890s. Yeah, well, then then again, back then, your life expectancy was like, what, 35? <laughs> right. They were, what is that word, spinsters at um, that point? Sure, yeah. Okay, well, I'm not trying to, like, bash them, but maybe we had... Worked on getting married if we really wanted to be married. Right, 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 right. But if you didn't want to be married, that's okay. Right. You didn't have to be. Your dad also didn't have to be a dick. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so point number two. She acted very sus. She would admit to burning a dress a couple days after the murders. Her friend, Alice, who was with her, advised her that she should not do it. However, because the dress was, quote, paint-stained, she felt she had to burn it. Oh, I don't like that one. I don't like that one at all. <laughs> Man, paint stain, was the paint red? I mean, I'd because assume so. Because if the so. paint is not red, you don't need to burn it. But can you imagine if that's just the mindset Lizzie had? Oh, I spilt a drop of ketchup on my shirt, burn the house. Oh, God. <laughs> I gotta burn all my clothes that has no stains on it. No wonder her dad wasn't opening shit up, because every time he turned around, Lizzie was burning a new fucking dress. <laughs> she's she was a, like, enough of that shit. <laughs> she's a secret pyromaniac. <laughs> Ooh, maybe that was her real issue. Not a murderer, but she was ready to burn everything to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and my third and final point. Lizzie's alibi is very suspicious in its own right. She admitted she was at the home during the time of the murders. Yeah, holding a fucking lighter. But she didn't hear anything because she was upstairs in the storage loft. When the police checked out that loft, it was unbearably hot in there, and they found it hard to believe that anyone could spend more than 20 minutes at a time in there before having to get out. But what if she wanted a little sauna time? What if this was Lizzie's time (laughs) to be alone from her god-awful mother, like, stepmom? I mean, it could be, but then to top it all off, it was actually somewhat dusty in the storage loft, and there was zero evidence of footprints on the floor. Okay, but they're acting like dust can't just move. I would think that there would be footprints if there was someone in there. Maybe. Like, walking around and doing shit. 
Maybe she was confused because her little pyromaniac ass was thinking of other things. Also, keep in mind, this is 1890s, August, fucking summer. Before, in Massachusetts. And no heat, no AC. What AC wasn't a thing. And you're just all up in this little storage loft? Actually, so AC was a type of thing back then. But what they would do is they would use ice blocks that they would have to buy. And they would bring it in and it would go through like a vent. Okay, but it probably wasn't in the storage loft. No, it Assuming, was definitely probably not I mean, in their storage if they loft. Had it. And if she was setting up in the storage loft, somebody check her, she'd probably got a lighter. <laughs> She's so, just holding all the dresses, and I'm going to burn <laughs> all of you today. Those, uh, again, we're just kind of covering some of the main three. Those are the three we decided to go with for prosecution. Right. So. Okay. So I'm giving you all the points for all of them. We're going to go back to that first one. It is very weird that... She she does have really good motive to kill her dad and her stepmom. However, I I guess I need to raise the point of with both of them gone, does the money go to Lizzie? Because I know she has an older sister. Correct. She does have a sister, and it would actually go. It goes to both of them. Okay, so their the dad's fortune would be split between the two. I kind of. I, I have a little bit of umbrage with that where I go, well, if the money has to be split, is she truly going to do it? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't she also kill her sister as well? But I, I'm still going to give you the full point for it I mean, because that is a very good prosecutional Tory like way of putting it. So I guess something that I didn't bring up as a point, but since you just kind of walked me into it, I'm going to take it. Okay, go ahead. He didn't kill his sister because the sister was used as an alibi and eyewitness to support Lizzie. Oh, Eventually, okay. it would come out that that dress that Lizzie had to burn. Mm-hmm. Well, that was actually Emma's idea, which is Lizzie's sister. Oh, so see, I don't know if I like that. Why would she convince... Ooh, that sounds like conspiracy to me. So, that will bring us to point number two, which is that she's acting suspicious. I understand, like, People don't act a certain way when you you should never expect people to act a certain way during tragedy because everybody acts different. Correct. However, you shouldn't be slinking around in the dark looking like the Cheshire cat and or the (laughs) panther going and then burning a dress. Right, right, right. And then going, there was paint on it. You don't (laughs) need to know the color of the paint. Just understand there was paint on it. That makes you look guilty. And she has to know that makes her look guilty. Right, right. I Uh, mean, her friend Alice knew it would make her look guilty. That's why she said not to do it. Right. And she even has the advice, like you said, from a friend not to do it. So you're getting a full point for them. Okay. So on to the last one in her alibi. I wonder if Lizzie wasn't doing something that the family would have seen as being inappropriate. Over the time, there has been maybe some question as if the girls were both gay and that maybe Lizzie was sleeping with the maid. Yeah, that was a rumor and speculation. It was. And so maybe Lizzie's suspicious alibi is because she doesn't want to come out at this time to anybody. It's a big no-no to do that. So, she's lying about where she is to kind of protect herself and the maid. 
That's a very good possibility. You know, in, in the end, it is her lying. It is her, her lying, and so her, her like alibi that. is not panning out. Right, and there's no way that you're setting and like I barely like to set in my own house that I have air conditioning in when it's it hit seventy degrees in the house last night, and I was like, it's too damn hot. <laughs> there's no way that her penny pension daddy was buying the, number one the air conditioning stuff, or at least the stuff to make it cooler in the house. And number two, there's no way that she is physically going to be able to withstand even 20 minutes because you have to think those dresses that they yeah, have I was on just gonna say think about so their attire, thick, you know. And so there's, I, I'm calling bullshit on her alibi, so I'm giving you a full point for that. Woo! So you're setting it three out of three. That is a damn good score. Right. Now let's take a look at the evidence supporting her innocence. Just as a reminder, my job is to cast out in just one person's mind, or to get that hung jury, or better yet, an acquittal. All right, callers, here we go. It's the big one that I always have every fucking episode. There's no physical evidence against Lizzie. <laughs> every We are 10 out of 10, no physical evidence against the person that did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's accused of... Right, of doing it. Well, had someone maybe not burned it, but... Okay, well, I'm just saying <laughs> they could have looked a little harder. That's a lot of wax to give somebody. Did we not check her hair? Uh, right, right. Her face, her nose, her ears, under her nails. Like, you are going to have blood somewhere. Especially because it's going to take a long time to clean up in the 1800s. Oh, for sure. Okay. Similar to last week's episode where the victim was stabbed and it was bloody a bloody mess at the scene... This time, there's two victims, and they are axed to death, striking the heads over and over again. You would think that blood would have been everywhere, yet most of the blood was just pulled by the bodies, and no blood was found on Lizzie. I feel like that is very interesting in itself. Right. Well, it's... Okay, so it almost makes me wonder if they weren't bled out prior. I mean, or were they murdered in the fucking Amityville house? Right. It's just very weird that there was pools of blood, but it's not all over the walls or all right. over the ceiling. The the blood splatter, blood splatter, you would think the axe going up, down, up, down right. would just be fucking everywhere. It makes me wonder if there wasn't like an initial hit and then they bled out and then the person came back. Even then, you still think there would be just from the swinging motion. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's just weird. I'm going to just chop that up to that's real weird. Unless, okay, sick idea. They they did the initial swing, one hit. You wouldn't have necessarily a lot of, like, the back and forth. Right. And then, assuming the first hit killed them, then they just took the axe, they put it on their head, and, like, took a hammer and whacked it in. Ooh, I didn't think of that, but that is a good point. Rock and chisel type thing. That, you know, and that makes it even more personal. Right. At that point. but That's really fucked up. It is fucked up. But we do know from forensics file, like the forensics of it, that it was pulled in and out uh, multiple times right. from their skull. But I do like your theory on that, that like somebody could have like put it there and then hit it. You know, but we do know that there was like the force of being pulled in and out. But what we don't like is that there's not the evidence of blood splatter right. everywhere that there should be. Right. Finally, for this last point, and it was one advantage that the defense had going for it, it's it's 1892, folks. Lizzie is a good woman. How can you actually believe that a good woman with her Christian background 
could have committed such a brutal and horrendous attack. Now, hearing that, like, I know I wrote the script and I know that you were going to say that. This final point for you was actually used. Oh, I know it was. And it's just crazy. Because, like, as we know now, it don't fucking matter. What religion you are. You can be a piece of shit no matter what religion you are. Exactly. And it doesn't matter if you're man, woman, Christian, Hindu, Muslim. It doesn't matter. You can literally just be a piece of shit because you want to be a piece of shit. Right, right, right. Okay, Ryan, now I want you to go through my three points, and where do I stand with you? Alrighty. Against my three points that you gave me? Yeah. Alright, so first point, the physical evidence, I'm going to give you only a half a point. Oh, that's some bullshit. I know it's some bullshit, but it's 1892. How much forensic DNA, that wasn't even a fucking thing. So They didn't even know even, Dana back then. Right, so... To say that there was no evidence, I'm sure no crimes really had evidence. It was right. more so about uh, a lot of circumstantial speculation evidence. Right. I mean, the, I guess I need to bring up this point. I think the Velisca Axe murders happen like eight years after this or eight years prior to this. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but the same thing happened there. They couldn't ever find out who did it, and that was done with an axe. Right. So, okay, on to my second point. Uh, second point. I'm. I can easily give you a point for that. Okay. It. It just the overall thing is very suspicious. It's not why isn't there blood splatter on Lizzie, but why isn't there blood splatter like everywhere? What What happened? What's going on? Right. It, that does really make me wonder if there was not something that went on prior to the bludgeoning. Right. Right. And that it was just so bad that they never caught what happened. Yeah. Totally. And then, uh, finally, for your last point, I cannot give you a point, even yeah, though I no. love that. I love it. Just seeing it, just because I don't know if it's the the time, the, the defense being naive or what. I mean, it just, was to them. It clearly was a strike home. Oh, a couple articles that I read said it was like their biggest point, and it it would it stood ground. My question is, is how did they prove, I, I, I'm i going to go into the, the jury part of this real quick, and I just want to know, as a jury member, how are they proving to us that she is a good person? Uh, she was part of, like, many women's activist groups that were in town. Okay. The, like, Christian activist groups, women's rights activist groups. You, you know so who she else was kind of like, activist groups? What's that? John Wayne fucking Gacy. I mean, yeah, that is true. But remember, he wouldn't be a thing for another I'm 80 saying, years or 70 years. I'm just saying, just because you were in an activist group doesn't mean you're a good person. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so in the end, I will give you one and a half points. Damn, I really failed this lesson. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> you know, okay, so we're... Let's let's go to this as the jury, because I did ask that question. Where are you standing with this case? I mean, there's a lot that we didn't really cover in the actual physical, like the actual like understanding of the case of like things that happened maybe prior to it. But where are you standing? Because we're just giving out these flat facts in 1892. I want to say 1982 every yeah, time. Do. I don't know why. Stop 1892. It. Stop it. You bad it. Keith. Uh, so we are in 1892, Ryan, and you are sitting on that jury. What are you thinking of Lizzie Borden? If I, it was me personally, 
I honestly take believe, yourself back to that time. Don't go to right I'm, now. I'm 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 taking myself back to the time. Okay, you just okay. went. I you traveled back. Okay, the prosecution nailed it. Okay, they had a home run. I think she she should definitely be found guilty. Okay, so I'm sitting on the jury and I am looking at this in 1892, and I would probably buy into the Lizzie Borden being a good person. And she's got strong Christian values. I would probably buy it. I mean, maybe if I was down south, I would buy that more. But since we're in Massachusetts, I don't know. I just Oh, I think it's harder in Massachusetts at this hmm. time. Because you got to remember, 1776 was not that long ago for them. And that was when, you know, independence happened. And that all originates from this area oh yeah massachusetts is one of the 13 original colonies right yeah, yeah, so yeah. they are probably very firm in their god-fearing ways you know especially salem massachusetts i don't think is very far from fall river so i mean it's massachusetts i imagine everything's thing not is very within far 10 miles of each other right <laughs> so i'm gonna go with that like christian values were probably a big thing back then and i would probably buy it and be like, oh, she couldn't have done that. Okay, okay. Now, what if this case was tried today? Oh, today she is guilty as fuck. Really? I feel like if it was tried today, I would vote not guilty. Really? Because it is all circumstantial. Oh, see, if it was tried today, I'd be like, well, okay, I guess I need to take that back a little bit. I feel like if it was tried today, more evidence would have been collected. Oh, for sure. Police you know, would have done their job, hopefully. Right, they would have done their job, I think, a little bit better. And I don't think they would have let Lizzie Borden just run off and go pyromaniac on anything. <laughs> uh, I think that they would have found, I think she'd be found guilty in today's time, where it was easier back then for it to happen and her be innocent of it, where in today's time, she's guilty. I think she's guilty. Interesting. I think it's funny that we flip-flopped on that. Right, right. <laughs> 1892, you guilty, guilty, guilty. 2023 you? Eh, maybe she didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. So what was the actual outcome of the case? So as you may or may not know, on June 20th, 1893, a jury of 12 men found Lizzie Borden not guilty. Hold the fuck up. She wasn't even tried by a jury of her peers. She had 12 men. 12 men. There wasn't a single woman on there. Back then, ladies probably weren't even allowed to serve on juries. Oh, probably not. <laughs> okay, my, okay, here's another question. Do you think she got off because of her looks? Because Lizzie Borden was pretty. Um, For like I that time, she was very pretty. I don't know. I, I know the jury wasn't even from her area. Okay. They, they had uh, people coming from out of area just because it's the case was getting so much fame and okay. notary. So supposedly people who didn't even know her. I don't know if it was really necessarily her looks. She was very theatrical. Oh, I know. She used a fainting couch at one point. And they had yep. a smelling salt on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought out her dad's skull, I They think. Brought, brought them both out. And she, like, freaked the fuck out. That's when she fainted, out. yep. Yeah. Okay, but I think even if I had committed the crime and then I had to look back at what I had done, I might actually scream and pass the fuck out. I mean, I feel like that the theatrics even made her look even more, more guilty. Really? Yeah. See, I don't know if I would have... It's like, why are you going all extra? Right, because you weren't extra before. Right. You didn't really seem to care before and now. And the, 
Oh just, my. Oh my goodness. I guess that goes back to you can't judge people on the way that they react when they're first going through something because she might have built up like that like very big emotional wall of I can't believe this has happened. Right. And now she's seeing her dead mom or her dead dad and stepmom for the first time all over again. And that might elicit a scream or what we would consider over the top dramatics and then well, passing out. It, w- it wasn't even the, the dead parents. It was just their skulls. Right. And that is a little fucked up. Right. I mean, who, the, listen, they've done some real fucked up things in trials before, but that has probably got to be on the top of the list along with Dookie and a goddamn trash. <laughs> so along with Lizzie being found not guilty, then to this very day, nobody has ever been charged again for Andrew and Abby's murders. Okay, can we, before we continue on, can we talk about our theories of who may have killed them? More so, you can say your theory. I truly believe Lizzie did it. Okay, so I know from my research that there was some people that Mr. Borden had pissed off because he wasn't paying them. And I think that maybe one of them may have been the person that did it. And I think that Lizzie may truly have been in a sexual relationship with the maid and that she was just in the other room at the time and wasn't caught by those men. But I think had they caught her, I think she would have been dead too. Uh, very good possibility. And and there is further proof supporting Lizzie's uh, questionable sexuality. Because later in life, she did actually have a little fling with an actress. Yeah. But I cannot think of her name. I can't think of her name either, but she did. And then I know that there was some speculation at one point that one of the men from Mr. Borden's company that he had hired may have been the person that did it. But then that person fled and was later found dead. And so they never got to question that person. I don't remember his name now. Right. A A lot of suspicious fishiness. Right, there was a lot of a lot of stuff that was just weird. So with that, Ryan, do we have any updates now on the case? So there are really no major updates. Lizzie and her sister would eventually move into a nice big house together and live together for a few years until they drifted apart. Then on June 1st, 1927, Lizzie Borden passed away from pneumonia. Okay, so I have to ask you, do you think they drifted away because she started to suspect that her sister really may have been the person that killed their parents? No, I think Emma knew it all along. I think the drifting apart was because I don't think Emma necessarily knew about Lizzie's sexuality. Okay. And that's what caused the drift. But you think that Emma and Lizzie both planned their parents' murder? I don't think Emma had anything to do with the planning. I think Lizzie did it. And then Emma covered for her out of love. Because Lizzie told Emma. Okay. And then Emma covered. I could see that because now Emma is making a lot of money out of this. Oh, absolutely. And both daughters had issues with with their their dad and stepmom. Yeah, the stepmom was a, a horrible, horrible person. Like, Mr. Borden was a bad person and he was mean to those girls. But the stepmom was almost evil stepmom from Cinderella. Right, right. With... At least Lizzie, where there was accounts where, like, the stepmom would physically get up and beat the shit out of Lizzie Borden 
And the dad wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah, those I don't know if those were true or sleuthal investigative accusations, because it also later came out that Mr. Borden was physically and sexually abusive to the daughters as well. Okay, but then that raises the point that is true. Would that, in their mind, justify, like, what if Mrs. Borden was, like, okay with the fact that Mr. Borden was sexually attacking his daughters— I do I do not believe for a second that Mr. Borden okay. was doing that because he and was, I don't either. But I'm just saying that would be a good motive, right? But my reasoning is because he was so ashamed of them. Oh, oh, that's sad. I know it's sad, but am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. But my <laughs> thing is, is I wonder why they never got married. At least Emma. I yeah, I don't know because neither one of them married. I don't even think Emma did later in her life either. That I am not sure of. But and now they're dead. So and now they're dead. Yeah. So I guess let us know, callers, what you think. Did Lizzie Borden commit these murders? And did Emma either possibly know about them prior, or did she know about them afterwards? Or let us know what you think. Right. What's your what's what's your guess? what's your theory? Right. Yeah, what's your theory? It? And there you have it. This is the end of Whoa. guilty or innocent season. Season six in the books. It is. Okay. So, Ryan. So, Keith. Are we ready to tell the callers then what season seven will be? Oh, I, I think they earned that. They just sat through this Lizzie Borden episode right. and loved every minute of it. I'm sure they did. Okay. So, we are doing season seven till death do us part, which means we are going to be covering cases where murder was a better option than divorce. Right, or, you know, they're doing it for money, they're doing it for love, because they fell in love with somebody else, but they thought murdering that person would be the better way out. Right, and it's not, people. It's not. But we're going to have ten amazing cases. Oh, yeah. To cover. Yeah. So with that being said, like we always say here on the podcast, you are always in charge of your own mental health. So if you or anybody that you know is suffering from a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts, please call 988. Yeah, pick up the phone. Don't pick up the axe. Right. Don't hatchet somebody <laughs> unless they got it coming. He had it coming. TM, don't <laughs> trademark. I mean, um, <laughs> copyright. Right, right. Oh, God. I don't sing the whole song. <laughs> Please remember to rate your review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Also, don't forget to follow us on the socials, facebook.com slash callusdead. Follow us on TikTok at callusonedead, where you can see some fun videos of us, or better yet, Jakaris the Cat, Emma and Regina the Sugar Gliders, or of course, the Pooches Lola and Bailey. Or email us at callusdead at yahoo.com to tell us what you thought about the case, ask some questions, suggest some cases or seasons, or, you know, just to say hi. Also, if any of you callers would like us to give a shout-out or message to someone you know, let us know. But until then, remember to stay strong, do everything with love, know there is always hope, and in case you forget, you can always call call us when when you're dead. dead.